Hi, this is Ben Lowell with Back to the Bible Canada and Truth in Life Today. And we're joining Dr. Neufeld again this week for some incredible questions from our viewers. But I did want to remind you that if you're viewing or you want to view in another way, you can do so on our YouTube channel, at iTunes, on Facebook, or online at backtothebible.ca. John, we have some incredible questions from folks uh, talking about persecution of Christians and poverty and modern idolatry and evangelism. All these will take place over the next number of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but today we want to talk about something that, you know, I, I guess it comes close to our hearts right now, particularly because of what just happened in Egypt uh, at the church where they're bombing and uh, 44 people were killed. Yeah, two different churches. Two different churches. Yeah. How do we come to terms with such tragedy? Yeah, I think we have to come to terms with it. Uh, two bombings in Egypt just now, uh, and then we've had, of course, three in India, which weren't even mentioned in the press. Yeah. And uh, I think the ongoing persecution that we've seen in the Middle East, the Middle East is being emptied of Christians simply because of the persecution that's been going on. Uh, in Syria, I think Christians have been laying down their lives like wheat. And even those Christian refugees that have come out of Syria, uh, the ones that have come to Germany, the German government actually had to intervene because Muslim refugees were openly hostile to the Christian refugees and uh, the, the government actually had to come and separate them and put them into different refugee camps sure. because there was this, this sense that they bore with them of the superiority of Islam over Christianity and that the Christians were viewed as a second-class person and, and even as the rodents of the earth, you know, it's just that kind of a, a thing. But Ben, as we're thinking about this, it seems to me that as I read the book of Hebrews, and Hebrews is a great book to read because the background of Hebrews, group of Jewish believers come to faith in Christ, now tasting persecution for the first time and being tempted to go back to, to Judaism because of the cost of being a believer. The Roman government provided protection for Jewish uh, people, but they're not for Christian people. And so you need to read the book of Hebrews with that mindset. And I'm reading here from Hebrews 12, and it talks about Jesus where it says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Consider Jesus and the hostility that he endured. How would we have thought that living as a believer would not have that. And if I could add one more thing before we go on, Ben, I would say that, as I understand it today, in the world, 74% of the world's population lives in a part of the world that does not allow freedom of religion. 74% of the Earth's population, three quarters of us live in restricted countries. And so for believers who are often minorities in such countries, the hostility that is openly directed at them is really a f reflection of the fact that we had a savior who was nailed to the cross. Yeah, you know, and, and we look at all these tragedies and of course we feel incredible sorrow as a result of these things, uh, but we shouldn't necessarily be surprised that these things are taking place. Yeah, that's, I mean, we, you know, we can read Philippians 1.29, for you it has been granted for the sake of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a verse sometimes that we don't listen to, but we should. I don't know how it came to be, Ben, that so many believers were surprised when they heard of hostility against believers. I'm wondering whether we haven't been teaching the Bible. The Bible suggests that hostility against believers is the norm. Hmm. When we don't find it, we should be surprised, not the other way around. And we see evidence of that, don't we? We, we look around the world and see where the church is expanding and growing. Mm -hmm. 
And it's not in North America where we feel secure and we have a freedom of religion. Yeah. Well, we do have freedom of religion. I think what we do find in North America is hostility against the, the normative view. So for instance, especially in terms of sexuality today. Mm-hmm. So there is hostility against the Christian view that God assigns gender at birth. Yeah. There's hostility against the Christian view that the only expression of sexual practice is within monogamous, heterosexual marriage. So that's the Christian perspective. So that is at odds with the wider culture view, and the wider culture now views us with hostility and uses weaponized language, and usually that's the language called phobia language. So if you can attach phobia to the end of something, you weaponize the language and you're intended to intimidate people to no longer practice their faith. Uh, So it's much milder here. No, no one's dragging us to prison. Yeah, yeah. But there is still that, that hostility towards the Christian faith. So do we get somehow lulled into this sort of malaise of our spirituality in, in the West where you know, we're not actually being physically or doesn't seem to be physically persecuted, but in essence, all the things that we stand for slowly become muted? Uh, yeah, they, we have to come to terms with the fact that we need to be wise in the way in which we speak to our culture. Um, so I'm not arguing for an in-your-face style, which some people have, you know, it's almost like some people have gloried in this in-your-face style. And I don't think that really wins anyone to the gospel. Yeah. We're called upon to love our enemies, Ben. Yeah. And so we're called upon to be gracious, to reach out to, to be compassionate, to listen to, to pray for those who would persecute us. I mean, all of those things are required of the gospel. But behind all of that is the idea that persecution is always the mainstay. It, it, it remains. The contrast of that is we're not being called to persecute others either, are we? Yeah, you know how easy it is. Uh, and of course, I mean, the Middle Ages uh, really saw this in Europe, this idea of a church that controlled everything. Yeah. Um, I believe that the gospel teaches us that we as believers are not to look for the corridors of earthly power. I mean, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we need to resist that because lest we become persecutors ourselves. We must view ourselves as the givers of good news and the calling of people into a kingdom that is different than the kingdoms of this world. So we should have the assumption that persecution will come our way at some point in time. How do we prepare ourselves for that? Union with Christ is this wonderful thing. I mean, Paul over and over again in the Gospels uses this high, in Christ, in Christ, and en Christo in the, in the Greek. Um, that we have been united with Christ in his death and also in his resurrection. So whenever believers are persecuted, we should count it an honor to be identified with Christ, to be treated as he was. And so we need to view it that way. What an honor it is uh, to be viewed like Christ. You know, we had a very interesting question come from a viewer. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Let me just share it with you. Um, With all the suffering that's going on in the world uh, and in the one to come, uh, in fact, the pain that's inflicted even upon our Lord Jesus, do you think that the Lord regrets his creation? The scripture teaches us uh, that Christ was crucified from before the foundations of the earth that God's expressed purpose in creation was to create a world in which he would glorify himself so that the earth is actually an externalization of the glory of God and nothing glorifies God more than the cross. And so God would not be remorseful because he knew the end from the beginning. 
And our God had already determined to put a cross and to glorify his son and to show forth and showcase his mercy, his love, his compassion, his grace, which is precisely what he does. So therefore, in the midst of persecution, we continue to find Christians acting like their savior and saying, Lord, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, And when we act that way, how wonderful that is because it showcases a God who is altogether righteous and yet offers to the human race this this point of mercy. What a great God we have. Just in conclusion, um, what should we be doing as the church in respect to those that are being persecuted around the world? I think we need to educate ourselves and I think we need to pray those two things. Um, There can be the writing of uh, political leaders, encouraging them to be aware of that. I think that's a part of what we must do. But I think educating ourselves starts the whole process. I would encourage people in Canada to go on the, uh, the Open Doors Canada website and begin to educate ourselves in terms of where are the hot spots, understand the 15 most persecuting countries in the world, begin to pray for believers there, read some of the stories that they have, and then begin to pray earnestly for that kind of thing. And just one added note, our ministry in doubt with Isaac Dagno will be conducting an interview with a gentleman by the name of Mark Wallenberg from the International Justice Mission. And that whole interview is about justice in our world. So join us at indoubt.ca to hear more of that interview. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth in Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth in Life Today.